What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Forfeit Podcast, episode 61. My name is Matt. With me, as always, is Big John Stud, the Wild Bill, the J-Lo. Happy Thanksgiving Eve, gentlemen. I hope Happy everyone is, feel, everybody. is feeling grateful and thankful. Um, we have... Um, we have some stuff to be grateful and thankful for. Then there's other stuff that we don't have to be grateful and thankful for. Uh, one of those is the, uh, the slop that the Eagles continue to give us on a weekly basis. Uh, the troubles continue for the birds. You know, as we all know, as we all now know, it being Wednesday and, the, and the, their loss to the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland, the rainy, sloppy, pitiful law, failure of a loss, um, which should have been a very winnable game. Um, you know, is no surprise to us, but it's, it's starting to become abundantly clear to all of us in the fan base that, you know, there's a lot of issues going on and, um, you know, there's a lot of issues going on on both sides of, of the fence within the organization, right? Whether you're, whether you're a car on the Carson Wentz camp or the Doug Howie camp, there's ultimately glaring issues on both sides. Um, and it's kind of like, now it's like, how do we piece those issues uh, together and try to begin to identify what needs to be fixed and how and, and when and what, what, what are the steps to correct them and, um, and, who's, and, and are, are there any job sacrifice within the process? Um, and I think Jesse has some stuff to get off his chest initially here um, that kind of line up to you know my opening statements here. So... Jesse, um, I know you've 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 prepared yourself for for this moment. Um, I got I got notes. So the floor is yours, my man. Take it All take right. it away. So this is the shit that pisses me off about this godforsaken fucking piece of shit team. We have a we have a, a supposed bell cow running back that after the first drive, our idiot coach, hey, I'm only going to give him the ball 10 more times and then wonder why we don't win fucking games. <laughs> and then, but then to, to talk about more on bad decisions, we got guys like Jalen Mills, can't play out wide, can't play in the slot, let's make him a safety. We have one fucking corner on this roster that can cover anybody, and we just signed him. Everybody else on this fucking team is garbage. Avante Maddox is barely a slot corner, but he's an outside corner now, and he's fucking terrible. Jason Peters may be a Hall of Famer, but he's cooked. He's going to be like our Thanksgiving dinners tomorrow. He's cooked. And he's hurting the team. So 47 snaps against the Browns, he gave up three sacks, three quarterback hits, and seven pressures. In 47 snaps. The guy who should be playing, Mylotta, 273 snaps against Pittsburgh, Baltimore, the Niners, and the Giants. Three sacks, three quarterback hits, eight total pressures. And Miles Garrett didn't even fucking play. If Garrett played, Carson Wentz would be broken in half and left in Cleveland right now. But Jason Peters has got to play. Got to play. Hall of Famer. Got to play him. 
Now let's talk about this whole sad sack shit team. If they win two games, they're 5-10-1, and they win the division. And that gives them the 19th pick in the draft. We're dog shit. We should lose every last game. Because if we only win one more game, if we win one game and don't win the division, we're a top five pick. Even Howie Roseman can't fuck that one up. Just kidding. It's Howie. He'll still fuck it up. But at least he gives you a shot to not fuck it up so bad. Now, Carson, he's struggling. He needs to take a seat, clear his head, pull his head out of his ass. But they can't because that would signal to the team that they're not trying to win right now. How the fuck can Jalen Hurts be any worse? But whatever. They took him in the second round. But the second, a guy worth taking in the second round isn't worth t- playing over the worst quarterback in the league. How does this make any sense? Howie is a glorified fucking accountant who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. I'm being, t- I'm tired of getting called out for wanting instant gratification. How about competence? How about some competence? 2017, two guys start, two guys, and neither one of them is a starter. 2018 draft, one starter, and and the and that starter's getting outplayed by Dick Rod. And we have three rotational guys. 2019, one starter. When they cut Sega Genesis this year. of that draft class, 60% of that draft class is going to be out of the NFL. In two years, 60% of a draft class is going to be out of the NFL. And I've really fucked up the music. I should have gotten something longer. Dude, Jesse, I think that that music plays in your mind repeatedly your entire life. He assembled the second most expensive roster in the NFL that... All with filled with contracts that are so expensive, we couldn't jettison them if we wanted to, which, which is great. And we two years in a row, this this fucking idiot wouldn't know what a fucking good wide receiver looked like if he walked up and kicked him in the dick. Two years in a row, <laughs> two years in a row, he 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 takes the wrong guy. He he takes a fit guy over the best player two years in a row, and and it's now come out that scouts were saying, yeah. Even Justin Jefferson was the pick, but the coaches wanted speed. Well, the speed guy can't play, can't run the right routes. And Justin Jefferson, just like DK Metcalf, looks like a legit player. But hey, that's cool. We don't need wide receivers. And when when we draft defenders, they can't play. And the only guys that we sign and then cut are the guys that miraculously, once they land on another team, become good players. Ronald Darby's having a top five year. It which blew my mind when when I looked at the stats. Like Darby's having a monster year in Washington. Uh, the Sidney Jones is having a decent year. Everybody leaves this team, goes to better coaching, and has a good year. Now let's talk about bad defensive signings. How about Javon Hargrave? Seven tackles, one and a half sacks. It's okay. We gave him forty million dollars. What a great contract, Howie. <laughs> He's the worst statistical defensive lineman in the entire league. The worst. And he has a three or $40 million contract. Way to go, Howie. Now, he also and, missed and let, games, but I won't huh? interrupt you. He also missed games, but it's okay. You, you got a point. He's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and when, let's, let's close on the defense here. Our defense, so 
this year, the the number one team with interceptions is this is the Steelers with 15. Then we got the Bucks with 14. Then we got the Colts with 12. Then we got the Saints and Pats with 11. The Eagles, they're 30th with three. Three. The the number one team has 15. We have three. Great defense. Great defense, Howie. Great defense, Jim. You guys both should come back. Hell of a defense. That's a playoff defense if I've ever seen one. And now let's let's close on Howie and and stuff him back in a in a in a, in a locker. We just in keep closing decade, here. In the last <laughs> decade, the Ravens have drafted twelve Pro Bowl players. The Steelers have drafted ten. The Seahawks have drafted twelve. The Cowboys have drafted thirteen. The Chiefs have drafted fifteen. We've drafted six. Now, Pro Bowl players don't dictate championships, but it's a pretty good indicator of roster management and being able to evaluate talent. And when you have those types of guys, you don't have to spend stupid money in free agency every single year and then wonder why we don't have cap space, because we never do, because we're always chasing those free agents to fill all the gaping holes in our roster, care of one Howie Roseman. Jesse, now, can you can you can I interrupt you for one second? Can you just repeat what you just said about those teams again? The drafted Pro Bowl players. Yeah. The the. Oh, the Ravens, no. Who are the team? The Ravens twelve, Steelers ten, Seahawks twelve, Dallas thirteen, Chiefs fifteen. Okay. So you pulled Dallas out, and those are all pretty good teams that go to the playoffs every single year. So Jesse, I got two questions for you before, before, and and then you guys could take the floor. Oh, I'm still I I I still haven't beaten up on Doug or Carson yet. All right, well, just let me know when you're done because I got two questions for you. Um, now let's let's talk about something good for a second. Jason Kelsey is a goddamn warrior, and he does not deserve to be carried off on the field dead on his shield. What this team is doing to him on the end of his career is ridiculous. He should have, he, he's a hall of fame player that's playing out the end of his career on a dog shit team. And he's, he's probably never going to get to the playoffs again. And he's probably going to retire at the end of the year. And then we're screwed. And we have another hole in the roster and it sucks. Now let's go to Doug. Now, Doug, you're going to probably want to go get some ice cream. Go go, go get some ice cream and, and wander away, Doug, because a lot of this is going to go over your fucking head. Oh, boy. You have a quarterback that's struggling to hit the open man, makes bad reads, needs to take the seat on the bench, but you won't bench him. You, you have the same quarterback that in, instead of playing to his strengths, you keep your rigid play calling and change nothing. To that effect, run the fucking ball, you dumb son of a bitch. You run the ball till the running back dies, and then you put another one in, and you continue to run the goddamn ball. You have a good running back. Use him. But since he fumbled on the goal line, oh, can't go back to him, but we'll go back to our quarterback that throws four or five picks every game. Makes a lot of sense, Doug. And, and when you have these stupid, skewed numbers where the team knows you're going to pass the ball, the, the defensive line can just tee off on your quarterback and just beat him into the ground, which is what we're seeing game after game after game after game. But whatever. Now, and at the end of the, the game, they were talk, They interviewed Sanders. And they, he, they asked him about his second half rushing, how they didn't move the ball very often. 
And he said, they made good adjustments and it made it hard for us to run the ball. That's not good enough. If you've got the coach and he's also the offensive coordinator, after halftime, if you see them, if the, the, if the defense has changed to stop what you're doing, it is on the offensive coordinator and the head coach, who's the same guy, to figure it out in, in 30 minutes and, and change the, the scheme to work to get the thing going again. Doug can't do it. And the quarterback, too, though. Yeah, we're, we're talking about running the ball right now, Bill. But he's the floor general, though. He's got to see how the run scheme set up, though. Just saying, quarterbacks, big part. Continue. So, but and and then you want to talk about that in the second half. Doug called five running plays. We ran ten because Carson checked out of five bad plays into running plays. So if Carson didn't check out of them in thir- in thirty minutes of football, Doug called five running plays, which is disgusting. We brought back Marty Morningweg. Jesus Christ. Everybody's fired this fucking guy. <laughs> we we have every offensive mind in this coaching staff has been fired from every job they've ever had coaching. We're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here for offensive minds to work with Doug. Now, he, he, Doug cannot scheme a man open. He can't. He can't do it. Now, when... To, to that point, now, he can't do it. When they asked him today about defenses adjusting and scheming to stop Fulgham and what he needs to do, Doug's reply was this. It is up to the receiver, the receiver to adjust if he wants to be an elite wide receiver. That's not good enough, Doug. That's on you, dummy. You're the offense coordinator. You're the coach scheme something open. It's not like the wide receiver can go, gee, he wants me to run a, a post and I don't think that's going to, I'm not going to be able to beat my man. I'm going to play it. I'm going to do a slant. That's not how this works. If you see a team changing what they're doing to take away your, your best wide receiver right now, scheme him open, put him somewhere else, do something else with him to help him get open. You don't just say, oh, well, it's on him. He needs to adjust. Who does? Who says that? Oh, Doug Peterson. That's who says that. You know, before the, the season started, we they 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 were strutting up and down like they were king fucking dick. Speed, 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 speed. We're gonna be so fast. We're gonna blow teams off the field. Speed, 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 speed. We drafted all these fast guys. When's the last time we saw speed? Gets that first that first Washington game. And the speed that, that we lost. Yeah, that we lost. Speed's gone. Speed hasn't come back. But we needed to get speed. I mean, I guess that's the one good thing with Doug is he isn't embar- he didn't embarrass himself this week and call a stupid two point play that wasn't needed. So hey, we're getting somewhere with that one. And so now let let's let's end and close on the ginger Jesus. <laughs> I stood up for this dickhead. I argued with my friends about this fucking dickhead. I'd pull up stats that would show that he's a good player and, you know, bad luck, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with him. I'm fucking done with it right now. I, I can't stand it anymore. The only thing you can count on him doing anymore is the wrong thing with the ball. I hope this idiot hunts better than he throws a football. <laughs> 
Now, I don't know if his knee injury has taken from him what made him special because in 2017, he was special. But right now, he's lost. Can't make the right reads, struggling to hit, struggles to hit the open man, struggles with ball security, struggles with accuracy. He went from a league-level MVP player to a guy who dragged Amazon delivery drivers as wideouts into the playoffs to now a guy that's it's basically just self-destructing and he's on fire. I've, I've never seen anything like this in such a short, short time frame to go at a young age to go from MVP to the worst quarterback in three years' time. It's unprecedented. Now, the, the, the only thing that he's got going for him is these teams are beating the brakes off of him, and he's getting up after hit, after hit, after hit, slowly shaking off this injury-prone thing. Right now, he leads the league in, in like, hits, sacks, pressures, you know, all the, all the categories that you don't want to lead the league in, just like, you know, fumbles and turnovers that he also leads the league in. So that's great. Um, but, hey, he's, he hasn't gotten hurt yet, so, so that, that's good, I guess. And the worst part about all of this is I don't even know if a quarterback change makes a difference. As bad as he's been playing, and it's bad, as many turnovers as he's committed, and there's a lot of them, this is an offense with no identity, no speed, no create creativity. I'd rather have the Miller Lite pirate guy from the Phillies games with the little pirate or the little parrot duct taped to his shoulder pads take a snap than Wentz right now. We, we've got a, a quarterback from our quarterback factory that, that we've had for four years that's been inactive for eight games. And our second-round pick, who I loved in college, is apparently so bad in practice that he can't start over the worst quarterback in the league. Carson's a huge problem. And, and anybody who thinks that he's the only problem in getting rid of him is magically going to make this team better is out of their mind. Out of their mind. So it boils down to one, a couple things. Either Doug is blind to what's going on. He doesn't have the power to, in fact, bench Carson Wentz. Hertz is terrible in practice. Or Doug and Howie don't want to bench him and remove the last excuse they have that covers poor coaching and roster management. It's one of those things. It's one of them. It's only one of them. And if this team can't figure it out soon, we're about to be the fucking Browns. And that sucks. So and that's, with, that, that's all I got. So with that said, what side of the fence are you, what side of the fence are you on, Jesse? As far as are you well done, well, as far as like where, where the root of the problem is, is it more, on the players ex- failing to execute and Wentz being a bust, or is it, or is it because Doug is- isn't putting his guys in the right positions, scheming the right plays, how he's not de- drafting the right guys, and their it's- coaching staff is not developing the right talent? Like, which one is it more of, and which one do you start to like address first? Well, I the mean- easiest, the easiest thing to do. Because we were talking about this in the in the, the chat, if you if you fire Doug, that means Howie's staying long term because the GM picks the coach. If you fire Howie and get a new GM, the new GM's going to want to pick the coach, and that means Doug's going to go. 
so the easiest thing to do for the for the Eagles is get a real offensive coordinator. Doug's still the head coach, and you have a real offensive coordinator that works with Carson, and you give it an offseason, and you give it the first couple weeks of next year. So, so your answer is that it's the, the coaching and the front office has to make a move, and that move is bring in a competent OC to help fix – to help, A, save Doug and Howie's job and Carson Wentz's career. Well, not just that, like every other offensive player, like Fulgham had a couple good games and he's been, he's been flat since. Uh, Rager has not, now granted Rager got hurt, but I mean, Rager's been okay, but that's not good enough for a first round pick where, where he was taken. So you get an offensive coordinator in. That at least gives you a better idea of everything else. If you if you bring another offensive coordinator in, and the offense doesn't get better, and Wentz is still struggling, you at least now know. Okay, Carson's the problem. Maybe it's not Doug. Carson's the problem. We're gonna have to eat that cap and get him out of here. But at least now you know. If does that potential? But does, does that potentially lower Wentz's value on the trading block? Yeah, but I mean, what what else are you gonna do? You're you're either gonna tr- cut him or trade Just him. Tra- trade him. All right. But my the, second question is: If the union won, would you have still been this pissed off? Um, I wrote most of that before they shit the bed. So my condolences to your to your. Union. You know, I I talked them up and I talked them up and I tried to get people to watch. Hey, you're excited. Hey. You got the one man that I never thought would even like pay any attention to soccer, and he's over there saying, "Don't tell anybody." I wasn't going to sell him soccer. out. I wasn't going to sell him out. <laughs> Appreciate um, that. You know, like the hey, city. Man, they had finally, the whole. Like, they had the whole city. You know, bleeding blue for now. A week. I mean, yeah. Playing the same time, the same team six times like this, you you kind of wondered if, and and that that team has a really good coach. Hey, we're he thankful for team. the union. We're thankful huh? for the. We're yeah, thankful. I mean, they, thankful they had a hell of a season. Union, they gave us a good run. They had a hell of a season, but I mean, the one I guess the one good thing, bad thing is it showed the deficiencies that the roster has. Yeah, so they know how to build upon it. And, and they do that competently. Well, and well, and the, so the the guy that they have, the sporting director they have, Ernst Tanner, came from Europe and built a reputation as a guy who can find those diamonds in the rough. So he's the Daryl Morey of of the MLS. Well, I, yeah, I mean, some of the guys that he found when when he was in Germany left his team or, or, or were sold from his team, bought for not a lot of money, and then sold for lots and lots and lots of money. So that's the thing. Like if, and now you know, we're, we're selling one player for 6 to $9 million. We have interest in our, our right back and one of our central offenders. Each one of those guys is probably going to bring 5 to $10 million. So like he might have 
if the owner doesn't just keep the money for himself, they might have $30 million to spend on talent acquisitions. So this team could get a lot better. Right. So, and, well, and he, they do. he, and he's a guy that I trust with that money. He's a, he's right. a guy that I absolutely trust with that money. So hopefully, hopefully it, it works out for them. The, the, the scary thing is these teams that historically have sold a lot of their players. If they lose more than one a year, tend to fall back right. a lot right. for a year or so before they come back. So right. hopefully he can, he can well, bump hopefully, that, that. Hopefully he can make some good investments and the union bounce back and they become, and they, and they're right back that we're, you know, in the same spot next year. But you know, it, it, it's, and the, the, the ultimate sin of it was the fact that like, this was a year that Atlanta is the, one of the juggernauts of the league. They had a down year. New York City is usually a really strong team. They had a down year. Toronto got knocked out of the playoffs before the Union even played. Like, if there was ever a year that was like, like this lined is their up shot. Yeah, yeah this lined is their up. Shot. It, was like, it was like in 2017 when Rodgers get, gets Rogers hurt. Got yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it opened up pathways for the Eagles to make it much easier for them to make it to the playoffs. Right, right. Or to the Super Bowl. Yep. Now, granted... Right. They played great, so it probably doesn't matter, but it it made it easier. Right. And it sucks that they weren't able to to take advantage of it. So, yeah. Well, steering back to the Eagles real quick. Um, John, Bill, do you agree with Jesse? Do you side with some of his points? Do you think he's an asshole for what he said or – I mean, I know John thinks I'm an asshole. <laughs> Are you going to just set that up on a tee box and make me hit that? I mean, we know he's an asshole, but no. I mean, I mean, he's got. I mean, he he's got points about certain things, things that I agree with, some things I disagree with. But I mean, well, like overall, I mean, what side of the fence are you on? What side of the fence are you on? Uh, fix the quarterback. Fix the fix the team. If you fix the quarterback, the team's fixed. Okay, so all the all those teams that Jesse mentioned. That's why I wanted him to reiterate them too. Yeah, go ahead. If if you look at all those teams, like let's use the Steelers for example, Ben Roethlisberger has been the quarterback there for thirteen years. They've been building around him off of his play for years. On top of that, they've they've had a pretty strong defense for most of those years. Um, what have they won? They won. They've won one Super Bowl. You know, I guess you you can count the second one. I'm not going to not count it, but I'm, like Bettis, that that era was like is is really far 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 away. But you know, Baltimore to agree with is is a team that drafts very well. <clears throat> but with Joe Flacco and his contract, you know, they were in a position where they didn't have to pay him a ton of money, and he bet on himself, and they won a Super Bowl, and then they had to pay him 120 million dollars. And that basically screwed up their their whole salary for the next eon, you know, the next five five years. And then finally they drafted Lamar and they they threw Joe Flacco out of there and they're building around Lamar. But again, I think it's too early to tell whether Lamar is gonna be, you know, the the second coming or not. I mean, he's got a lot of hype around him for sure. Team like Seattle, Russell Wilson, ever since they drafted him, Russell Wilson has has been the face of the franchise. He's the reason why they 
are are so good. Um, there, there's a reason why right now he's playing an MVP level, and their defense really stinks. It's not the defense of 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 years past with uh, Legion of Boom, um, but but with great quarterback play and putting up thirty points a game, you, you can have a shoddy defense. You can be like the Eagles in 2017. Um, but I mean, but then you have an MVP quarterback. So all those teams, and in Dallas, I'm not even going to argue about because Dallas always drafts the 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 guys that everybody thinks that we kind of want. Like I, you know, I'm a I'm a big proponent. I wanted Zeke, but you know, we didn't get him. Um, but those flashy guys don't always work. I, I mean, uh, Zeke is a perfect example. Zeke held out for for a year. Didn't hold out for a year. He was he was hurt, and then like he got in a contract dispute, and, and he's cooked. So, and that's just one guy, you know. Um, but I but I strongly believe that it, you know, looking at those teams that Jesse mentioned, and 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 organizations that do well in draft, all the things that they have in common is they have a stud quarterback. The problem with yeah. us is we don't have a stud quarterback. If we but, had, if Carson Wentz wasn't doing the things that he that he's been doing the last two years. You know, or you could argue three when he was injured. If he's not doing those things and he's getting people around him better, making people around him better, turning a guy like you know Travis Fulgham or Greg Ward into a Pro Bowl player, then then we're having a different conversation. But the fact is, year after year, he's been steadily declining, and this has been the rock bottom right now that we've seen of him. So again, my my stance is like you asked Matt, is where do I stand? Is fix fix the quarterback position. And go from there. You'll fix the team. But, John, having – it's not like if you don't have a top-five quarterback, that means you magically don't draft well. They, they, they aren't mutually exclusive. Right. It's just football players drafted in X amount of years. Fair point, Jesse. We but drafted six. The fair, fair point. But those three teams that you mentioned, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Seattle, with the with – the, um, with the, the Seattle being the, the, the juggernaut out of all of them because they went to back-to-back Super Bowls and won, the other two haven't been. This, okay, and I also threw out the Chiefs, who have 15. Which is, which is, a, great, which is a great point. The Chiefs now have given, and, and this, this goes into the whole Eagles thing with the cap. The, the, the Chiefs now have paid Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They've paid Patrick Mahomes a boatload of money. They paid... Um, I'm missing their defensive lineman that they just they just paid. Thank you. They just paid him a ton of money. Um, Tyron Matthew, they paid a ton of money. So right now, they are doing basically what the Eagles did after they won the Super Bowl. And and we'll see in the next three years if that comes to bite them in the ass or they're going to have to cut a guy like Tyreek Hill because of their over the cap. So there's going to be an issue there. Like you can't just give everyone all the money – and expect one year, like all of a sudden, you're not you're going to have cap space. Like, well, no. well, to your point, John, unlike what we've seen with Carson Wentz, we haven't seen any regression with Patrick Mahomes. One hundred percent. But here's here's and they're the thing. building around him. They're giving him the weapons. They're drafting. You know, they they drafted the kid out of LSU, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You know, they're they're putting weapons around him. But again, like Jesse's got a point. They do draft well. They they've drafted a stud quarterback who has, to your point, Matt, has constantly been you know climbing the ladder and has been, I mean, arguably he's going to be one of the greatest players ever if he continues on this this 
trajectory. But I don't the, see that in Carson Wentz. The the difference is because, and I looked at, I went to Pro Football or I forget where, but it lists like all the drafts, and you can see all the guys for each team, and then how many games they play and and everything. Oh, you obviously listen to the to the the backlog catalog of forfeit podcast uh, episodes. <laughs> and the the Chiefs draft nothing but starters. They draft starters. They and not only that, but they draft Pro Bowlers. So when you say in in uh, in ten years, they've drafted fifteen pro bowlers. That leads me to believe in ten years they're draft. That means they're drafting at least one pro bowler, over one pro bowler every single year. So mm-hmm. I, I would have no doubt in my mind that as those guys get to the point where they they start to get up against the cap, they can start to make those uncomfortable decisions because we just drafted another stud who's ready to take his job and his job and his job. We can cut him. We can trade him. We can do whatever. It doesn't matter. I got this. Keep going, Andy. We are, we, we are, we can't are say currently, that. We are currently Monday morning quarterbacking the moves that we've made in the last three years, which is fair, right? But when you look at the Kansas city chiefs and what they've drafted, we now, after they've won a super bowl, me personally, I want to see in year two in year three, in the next two or three years, how that works out. If it works out tremendously better than what the Eagles did, then again, I will tip my cap to them and say, respect, great drafting. Maybe you get another Super Bowl. Then I'm like, wow, they're the, they're the, uh, they're the benchmark of what needs to be done. But until then, if they go to the Super Bowl this year or they don't make the Super Bowl this year, and then maybe you know Travis Kelsey gets hurt or something, and the following year and they dip off and maybe they're, they're a game away and, and they lose in the, the AFC Championship game, then I'm kind of like, where has that gotten you? But the, but the catalyst to all that, again, is they have Patrick Mahomes. The Seattle Super Seattle – Super, I was going to say Seattle Super Seattle Sonics. Supersonics. The Seattle Seahawks have Russell Wilson. You know, the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger is getting old. He's a throw or two away from, from, from being, you know, you know, collecting the pension. And, and they're going to be in a bind. They're going to have a really nice defense. And then what? They're going to need a quarterback. The other thing I'd also like to bring up is we haven't really touched on on this team much on the podcast, but the Green Bay Packers did something that we are we argue about so much on this podcast. They they took a first round pick quarterback, and and you're not hearing anything about it. Why are we not hearing anything about about it? Because Aaron Rodgers is playing like Aaron Rodgers. So again, going back to the pick. The, the the Jalen Hurts pick, we're not making such a big deal about the Jalen Hurts pick if Carson Wentz is having a great year. But now that Carson Wentz hasn't had a great year, now we have a decision to make. And and that decision is honestly is up to Doug. I don't think it's up to Howie. So, I mean, again, do I think Jalen Hurts is better than Carson Wentz? I don't know. But at 3-7-1, and one, um, I'm kind of ready to find out. Three, six, well, seven. and that's Three, six, that's what one. I don't Thank get. You. That's what I don't get. Like as bad as Carson's been playing, and it's bad. How is how has he not been benched yet? Well, I, well, I wait if a you guys listen to you, you, you were you were against benching Carson. It, well, that was before, and you know it's you were and, really you know, against people, benching Carson. Well, at this point, you need to you need to figure things out. So it's what it it is what it is, and you got to figure it out. You have to figure out 
where the problem is and can you fix the problem? Mm-hmm. Or you need to get rid of players, coaches, GMs. Right, and that's kind of that's kind of like what I how I set this whole episode up was where do you start and what what are the correct steps? You know, so now benching Carson Wentz is that is that on the table? This is Doug wrong in saying that? You know, that's 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 basically throwing in the white towel to to your team, which I I did I strongly disagree with. That's one thing I'll knock on Doug this week. When he said that about Jalen Hurts, that was the wrong thing to hit for him to say, and he should he should backpedal as as much as he can on that statement by saying that he's going to put in Jalen Hurts and that's ending the season. That doesn't that's not fair to that him. doesn't and give I, him a boat of confidence. One hundred percent, and and that's not fair that he wouldn't say that at, to the rookie quarterback, just like he wouldn't. You know, Jim Schwartz wouldn't throw Avante Maddox or Alex Singleton under the bus. That's my that's my whole thing this week. I wanted to yeah, also bring up. You're, I'm glad you're, you you're up. giving you're giving your rookie quarterback who you drafted um, no confidence in. Yeah. And what has he done wrong? He hasn't even Nothing. been given a chance to fuck up yet. Right. Whereas Carson has shit all over himself. How, how about the season. how? we start asking the question why Nate Sudfeld isn't dressing and why is Jalen Hurts pressing? That's another thing I'd like to know. Is Jalen Hurts better than Nate Sudfeld? Well, and that's like, that's what I, what I was trying to get to. Like what is going on with the, with the, and, and like this week, like I saw the film breakdowns of both of the picks. You can't really put either of the picks on Carson. The first one, Dick Rod completely, it's just like, oh, I was supposed to block that guy? My bad. Wentz doesn't Wentz doesn't know that the guy is coming. The talkie talkie one? Huh? The talkie talkie pick six? Yes. Yeah, um Orlovsky and somebody else broke the play down. They said that Rager was supposed to do I forget what it was Rager was supposed to do something. He didn't. That's why Carson had to pull the ball they back. Were- because blown he was expecting blocks, blown assignments. He was expecting Rager to do something, and that's why he had to double clutch. And before he had a chance to do anything else with the ball, he was getting ready. He's like, "Shit, I've got to dump it." And by that point, the the free defender came because Dick Rod was just like, "Ah, oops." I, I'm not an NFL analyst, as you know, but I watched that play. I reround that play, and I was like, "That ball should have been out of his hands." But I've, I've been on. I've been on record uh, numerous times that he holds the ball tremendously too 100%. long. He's so indecisive. It's like sickening. Just yeah, sling so it, man. Just sling it. Just sling it. So but the problem is with that play, let's just talk about that play. That play sure. was broken down by two different people I saw, and they both said, that's not on Carson. That's on the receiver not running the right route, not doing what the quarterback is expecting him to do. So that's why he's he's like, he had to pull it back down, he went to his check down and he's getting ready to, to, to float the ball to his check down and he gets smashed in the back and it turns into a pick. Like that play is not on. I, I just, I disagree I, I, with that. I mean, who throws that's, that's, that ball, Jesse? Who throws that 15 ball 30 feet in the air when you're going across your body into the flat? I mean, that is a terrible fucking decision. Bill. That's a terrible pick. The play he's dead. Take the sack. Like, Bill, he didn't know the sack was coming. He's throwing the ball, and as he's throwing the ball, he gets hit, and that's why the ball floats. I, I don't know. Then I don't know. I just that, feel like that's he, why the ball floats. Come on, man. Like, 18, 18 turnovers. That's why this team stinks. 
I'm tired of it. Like I'm Carson not arguing that he's not turnover prone. I'm just saying on that play, the pick isn't his fault. He gets drilled from behind because a guy misses the assignment. And the reason he got drilled in the back and he wasn't able to get rid of the ball is because the wide receiver didn't run the right route. I'm going to put this in the chat, but I mean, you can, you can rewind it yourself. I'm watching it if again you, right now. I mean, I don't you, see what's so like errant where Carson's so in distress where he can't get a throw off to a guy that's open. Either the, throw the ball on a line to the receiver. Jet, but he's see, open, open, open that, open that, open that link up and pause it at two seconds. Yeah. I'm curious to see like, what is so like, he's so under duress where he can't stop, set his feet, throw it to the running back or take the sack. Like I well, don't see where really, at two seconds, his foot is already. I really don't. Two, and I'm not trying to shit on Carson. That's a terrible play. Like that's a terrible seconds, play from your starter. Almost set. Like I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't see any, I mean, I guess it happens sometimes to quarterbacks. It just seems to happen a lot to ours. And that's the thing. It's like, I'm watching it again. Yeah. There's pressure, but you lost the ball when you see there's, one receiver of ours, and there's three defenders within five yards of him at the same time. Like, I don't know. Like, you're paid a lot of money to anticipate shit. Like, and you just do it. I, I don't know. To me, that was a really bad decision on Carson's part. Like, and maybe I'm skewed because he's had 14 interceptions and four fumbles, actually six fumbles, four lost. Then I'm just like numb to it at this point where it's just like, all right, another bad decision by Carson. Like, yeah, the line didn't help him out. Obviously, it was a blown block, whatever you want to say, but. Like, I don't know. Like, was that- Whatever happened to quarterbacks making, throwing the ball, slinging the ball, and letting a receiver make a play? Now, I'll, I, I would argue, or, or, or I could, we had have our, an argument about, about that Alshon Jeffrey interception, about the way he jumped and he sort of timed it wrong. Fine. But that Rager one, I'm sorry, I just sent a screenshot. He's, he's at the 40 yard line, Rager, and he is open. Whether, Carson throws it towards a sideline where Rager would have to adjust, and that's the reason why he didn't throw it, or he didn't want to throw it inside because of the defender there. Well, he and is to, your, open. to your point, John, and again, like you said, we're not analysts by any means. No. But, but the game I watched, um, it was either later that night, I think it was the Sunday night game, Vegas, right? Raiders played Sunday night today. Whatever it was, it was it was it was later on that day. Vegas, Derek Carr. It was a similar situation where Derek Carr was in the pocket. He had pressure coming. The pocket was collapsing. He went to his checkdown. Same exact same exact position. He slung it to his to his receiver, and he let his receiver make the play. And the exact opposite outcome uh, uh, was the result, where they got like six yards out of it. And Derek Carr came out looking like a, a quarterback, like who who knew who knows how to run his offense. Yeah, as Derek Carr. Sometimes you don't need, and, and this goes back to my d- defending of Carson Wentz, or I'm sorry, my defending of Nick Foles is uh, Nick Foles isn't Tom Brady, but Nick Foles is a game manager. Nick Foles will will throw a ball, let it rip, and let a receiver make a play. And yeah, is he going to throw a pick here and there? Absolutely. Sometimes he's going to go with fucking three or they four picks. They all do. They all right. do. That's the part of the game. The, the problem with Carson is he's, he's like waiting for a guy to be completely wide open. The touchdown play to Richard Rodgers, how long did he hold on to that football for? And then Richard Rodgers is in the back of the end zone like, 
hello, I'm here. I'm in the back of the end zone. You know, there's another play you can look up on Twitter. Um, it's the safety play. Look up the safety, the, the safety play in the end zone. Dallas Goddard is wide open. He is wide open. I'll find that one for you. Like, I don't – the whole thing is, like, I don't want to keep berating the, the decisions that he's making. It's obvious he's not making the decisions I mean, that he should be. It's obvious that he has no feel for the game. Like, it's almost like it, it, it's almost like he knows he knows the plays, he knows the playbook, but it's almost almost like to his detriment that it's like, oh well, the guy should have been here because the play is designed to be there. But like, hey, numbnuts, like you, you gotta you also have to feel like what's going on in the game and 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 what's what's being presented to you and take yeah, what the game is giving you. That's it's, fine, but like if you run a play and you're expecting a guy to to make a cut at the 40 and they run past What I'm saying 40. is Jesse, he didn't. And Carson had enough time to see that he wasn't. So, but he still threw the ball as if he was going to because what, that's how the play was designed. It just feels like he's just too there's no feel for the game in the moment. Like it's just He's running the plays the way that they're designed and the way he's studied them. And when it doesn't work out, it's like, oh, golly gee, heck, gosh, guys, like, we'll get it next time, you know? Like, kudos to the defense. It's like, like, we all realize that most other teams don't have these problems, right? Like, other teams have guys that can run the proper routes. This, this, isn't, this isn't a concept that most teams deal with. There's a reason that we've had different wide receivers coaches for like the last five years. This is, this is outside of 2017. This has been a consistent problem. Doesn't so matter what, so why is it? Why, so why is it that, um, again, I'll use Aaron Rodgers who makes, who makes uh, guys like uh, Valdez Scanling or Alan Lazard look like Randy Moss. Like, why is that? You're telling me it's because of the Green Bay Packers wide receivers coach, or is it that Aaron Rodgers? I'm not saying that Carson Wentz doesn't work with his receivers as much, but Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback and makes them look better than they are. And Carson doesn't do that. I mean, Travis Fulgham in the last two games was nowhere to be found because and, teams took him away. Okay, they bracketed him and took him away. That, so, like so, again, my question is. Travis Fogan comes onto this team. He looks like a superstar. Carson Wentz, you know, he was the guy that made him look like a superstar. I'm not taking anything away from, from Travis Fogan, but having a quarterback that is good making decisions, understanding defenses will make guys like that really good. So to sit here and say, we're going to, we're going to kill our wide receivers coach. I'm like, all right, you have a little bit of a point there, but at some point, like your quarterback has, to hold the responsibility for a lot of that in my opinion i'm not i've and i've never said like this is like wentz has to play better he absolutely has to play better but every week i'll see these videos from like tory smith or dan orlowski or all these guys being like another route that was run wrong another route that was run wrong another route and it's like all right guys it's week 10 it's week 10 we, we, we shouldn't, and, and like, they there was a, what was it, two weeks ago, they asked Doug Peterson about a play, and he's like, yeah, Rager ran the wrong route. Like, okay. how is it on, in week 10, 
in the pros. We're not talking about, you know, the CFL or the XFL or college or high school. We're talking about professionals in week 10. How are professionals still running the wrong routes? And, and, and my, my art, not my, not my argument to that. My, my rebuttal is how is a fifth year franchise, $130 million quarterback sailing balls over guys' heads, throwing, throwing balls three feet behind receivers. Why, how, why is he doing that? Like, again, it was green pass after five years, like a proper screen pass. Like, like like that's, that's why, like, like shit like that. Yeah, I agree, Jesse. There's probably four, six, seven, eight plays a game where guys fuck up and it's like they screw Carson. But there's also eight, 10, 12, 14 throws a game that's like, what the fuck? That a guy making $59 million, we can't have what the fuck throws right now. Well, absolutely. We we can't have those throws. But But the difference is every quarterback has those throws. Every quarterback in the league. There was a, a Seahawks game earlier in the, in the year. Russell's overthrowing guys. Russell's throwing balls in the feet. Not as not as cons- inconsistently. Well, I mean, right now, Russ is playing like the, the worst football of his career. But we won't get into that. But w- Russell Wilson right now is playing some of the worst football of his career. Look at the stats. Okay. Then why is he in the running to be MVP? So the, do the stats lie? The no, last couple like, weeks. Man, he has like 13 turnovers the last four or five games, but he's been seven. playing terrible. He's been playing. He, he's, he's been off his game, but you know, it's, yeah. but, this, but the thing with Russ and I will it's say not, this, it's not a roller coaster with him though. Point with no, Russ. He's been fairly consistent. The, Correct. The, but the point is, can't believe I'm defending Russell Wilson, by the way, <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. Every quarterback has bad throws, but when you watch other games, you don't see as nearly as many egregious drops in other games or or quarterback wide receiver not being on the same page. You don't see that nearly as often in other organizations as you do here. Can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. If tomorrow, fucking Howie Roseman got Antonio Brown, Randy Moss, and Terrell Owens to play for this team, and Carson Wentz still did the things he was doing, would you, would you still feel the same way? John, I've just said they should probably bench him. Like, I don't no, know what else I... But I'm just asking, no, because it seems like... It, I don't know. It, I, I just get, like, this feeling like it's either, it's, either, it's either Carson's fault or it's the receiver's fault. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. No, what here, here's, here's what it is. There are two things that it's like 60-40. It's like 60% Carson really needs to do a better fucking job. And it's like 40% the coaching and the wide receivers need to step the fuck up. And maybe you can go 70-30, but that's about as far as I'd be willing to go because... i give you that. I would agree with that, Jesse. i go 70-30. Like, it's, it's not all on him. And, and like I said in my rant, if you take Wentz out of this equation and you drop anybody in, it doesn't matter. You watch these plays. There's nobody open. Nobody. Well, that's why I want to see somebody different. Well, and that's fine. And I'd that's be fine with that. This, and that, that'd be fine at this point. But like when you watch a game and even the analysts are like, man, they really needed the sequence and nobody could get open. Wentz got this, you know, another sack. It's like, at what point do you have to keep hearing? Nobody can get open. Nobody can get open. Nobody they, can get open before they, they know say, what Jesse? Maybe he could start using his little feet that guy gave him. Hey man. 
I, th- I, I think he should be running more, and I think he should be rolling out of the pocket more. But Doug calls one or two of those plays a game, even though miraculously every time he, he calls those plays, they're like 30, 40-yard plays. And Doug's like, huh. Ooh, that shiny. One. We'll and gets that distracted and doesn't call it again. Something shiny. What is that? Like, what are those crab fries up there? What are those crab fries? <laughs> but, yum, you know, yum, it's yum. like num nums. My Miles Sanders has like the second best yards per attempt this year, and Doug rarely uses him in the second half of games. Doug ran him ten times after that first drive. Like that's inexcusable. Doug called five running plays in thirty minutes. That's inexcusable. See, I don't, so mind, I don't think he wants to get him hurt. I don't not getting too much run, but what I do mind is Boston and Corey not getting carries. But, like, and that's not – we're not talking five miles runs. No, we're I know what I'm saying. You're right. I'm saying – Five running plays in 30 minutes. That's not conducive to winning football. I don't care if you're playing from behind or you're you're winning. That's not winning football. Winning teams don't be like aren't, – aren't like, oh, we're only going to call five running plays in 30 minutes. Like, good teams don't do that. And it, it honestly, and you saw the, who was it? Um, Schefter or somebody today that was like, if they don't win this terrible division, somebody's getting fired. It's almost like the, the way that Doug is handling this, he's almost just like, fire me. I dare you. There's no way you could fire Doug. I mean, the guys won two divisions in four years in a Super Bowl. Like, you can't have one year that goes off the rails and, like, pull the plug on them. Like, if it happened again next year, maybe – you talk about it, but to pull the plug on well, Doug after this year would just be absolutely ridiculous. Like just this is, absolutely. This, I I would pull him aside and be like, Doug, you're getting an offensive coordinator. You're getting a real offensive coordinator that's gonna help call plays. I think somebody who can scheme up, you know, he, he, yeah. you know, somebody that can script plays or whatever. Cause that's the thing. It's like that in 2017, I think we scored a touchdown in like like 10 uh, 10 out of 12 games that Carson started the first drive. Like yeah. We came out and set the tone early, like, we're winning. Now you got to react to us. Yep. And it, we've since, like, since then, since 17, we're, like, one of the worst first-quarter teams scoring, I think, in the NFL. Yep. And it's, like, such like a, it's a, such a different mindset for the defense, for the whole team, for everything. Even our kicker, when you're always down and every, like, you know, kick is so poor. I mean, they are no matter what, but it's, like, maybe be up 14 when the guy's hitting a 55-yarder because – He's not that worried, but when we're down three, it's like, God, now yeah. he's nervous. Like now he's like, so it's like every game script has so been flipped, and this team is just, you know, we play with fire, and we're just getting burnt left and right. Like, and and know, I hate to bring it up all all the time, but like Frank Wright is doing a lot with, you know, the the corpse of um, Phil Rivers. Yeah, like. But, he's, but, but Phil does this. Phil's a game manager. Phil takes one or two shots deep, and that's what Carson, I guess, I think needs to kind of mirror more. You go, you know, all these little slant dinks and dunks, these little check downs to the running backs. But, like, Carson doesn't have touch, and that's the thing. And, I'm the, and this isn't going back to shit on Carson, but that's the – like, Phil Overburst has a shit arm, a weird delivery. But when he has a receiver cutting in on a slant, he throws the ball so a receiver can run underneath of it. Like, even to this day, watching Carson throw to everybody, I mean, here and there, maybe not, but everybody has to adjust just to, like, catch the ball. And it, I don't know, like I was just reading now, he literally has is dead last in accuracy in the NFL this year. And since 2017, he finished, that was his best year, he finished 12th. 
Since then, he's 27, 36, and last. So, like, I get it. Sometimes guys aren't open, but I don't know. To be last in the NFL in accuracy, that ain't guys not getting open. That's not – that's you don't have touch, and you're not putting the ball. And I don't know. It's just, like, uh, I, I don't see how that's coaching, like, you're older in, 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 you know, in your, in, in your um, homage to the fans. I think many fans would, would cheer your uh, words, but what was about how, you know, Doug's not scheming up guys to get open. Part of the NFL is these guys on defense change up the plays at the snap. So part of it is quarterbacks and receivers being on the same page. And I will say Carson doesn't have guys he has ability to build rapport with other than like Zach Ertz. Who's hurt? So that so that I do give him, you know, uh, a, a what the fuck's he supposed to do? Because a lot of it is is you know when a, a receiver picks up on the way a DB coming off the line, they motion to each other, run this play instead. I mean, you watch it all day with Devontae and and, the, and hell, even Kirk Cousins and Thielen do it. And I do think Carson doesn't have that to where you know you can go up to the line of scrimmage in a, in a big play moment and just kind of be able to be on the same page with somebody because. I do. I do agree. He's so nervous, saying shit. You can get open this play. I don't know who's going to get open. He's just so indecisive, and I don't know. Even like, I, even that, even that pick six. I don't know. I'm, I watch it ten times. If he don't clutch and just lets that ball go in that first release, it's a completion. I I, I, I don't know how any any way to put it. Or it's not picked off at least. But that clutch is a full second. And same with that Goddard play that I just think Carson being scared like. Shit, no one's going to be open. So I sympathize with him on that, that he's like, wants to kind of see it first. But I don't know. It's, it, it, it's, it sucks that we haven't been able to get him somebody. I mean, he had it with Alshon in 17. You know, they had their mojo, and it was fantastic. Alshon was the number one receiver. Like, it's not, it's not hard, you know. Give, him, give, a, give a guy a good receiver, and it makes him look, you know, makes him play better. And Carson, we haven't done that. Like, he's got Zach Ertz, and that's it. And well, what do you know? Zach's hurt. I better pay him some money, though. He's hurt. Way to go, Zach. Thanks a lot. Let's I mean, it's free sack, jackass. And and again, like that play, I I I forget where I saw like a scouting breakdown on that play. The worst thing that they did was they took um, they used Ward to chip the guy, but he chipped him in the wrong direction. Peters wasn't expecting the help. So all that did was channel him directly into a path for Wentz and it slowed down Ward. So he wasn't even able to get to where he was supposed to be for the check down play. So like everything was covered, like the still that John sent where, you know, Goddard is streaking. There's a safety over the top and the corners right there. He puts that ball there. There's a pretty good chance the safety takes it. If at three seconds, if you pause that shot, I'm looking at the screenshot you sent, I, I understand that, but at three seconds, he's past the corner, and the safety is five yards in front of him to the left. If Carson lets that ball go and it's to the sideline, no one else can get that. You know what I'm saying? Like he's streaking down the side, down the, the middle of the field. But if Carson puts that ball towards the sideline for him to go get it, that that would work, in my opinion. I don't think Goddard's going to get there in front of the safety is. The safety in the corner are there, and the safety in the corner are as fast or faster than Goddard. And they're matching him stride for stride, and the others in front of him. They are like, not matching him stride for stride. He, well, he's, got it, 
Goddard's got his hand up at the 15 yard line. Now, granted, that's at the that's at the point right now where he's getting sacked. But again, if you if you feel that or don't feel that, just let the ball rip. At least let him go get it. You know what I mean? Put a little he, air under it. Let him go get it. Here's here's the problem. If they put Melada in on that play, if they put Melada in on that play, Melada holds that block. Absolutely holds that block. He doesn't get through, and the play develops, and Wentz can hit that hit Goddard and stride for a touchdown. Now, granted, that's all hypotheticals, but the stats that I point out brought out of Mylotta's play versus Jason Peters' play leads me to believe that he would have a puncher's chance of holding that block there. But like the whole play was was flawed because of the way that Ward chipped it. It funneled him right to Wentz. And the the play was broken down and blown up from there. Like all season, I've been saying this guy holds the ball for way too long. Now uh, I understand. Same here. I've been I'll, saying it every time I watch this damn team. Uh, every time the ball snapped, get rid of the ball, ball out, ball out. I say it three to and it, and more than more likely than not, he's sacked every fucking time. So like at some point. Like, we can sit here and kill Jason Peters because, okay, I get it. Jason Peters had a bad game. He admitted it. There was talk in the locker room that he was talking with other players that you know, he's going to make up for it and he feels like shit. Great. You know, at, some, at, at some point, like, piece of shit. You know, you got to kind of say, like, it, you know, we're piecemeal on the offensive line here. That's not an excuse, but man, they're not doing a terrible job. This isn't fucking Winston's Justice on Monday night with Michael Strahan. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, enough with the excuses with the guy. He just has to be better, and he's not getting any better. So let's get a fucking new, new blood in here. Let's try it. If this season you're saying Jesse is a, is a wash and you can get a better draft pick and you're going to lose the next six games or whatever, five games, then fucking piss on it. Put Hurts in there. Put Sudfeld in there. I don't give a shit. Put Greg Ward in there. I don't care. Just don't put him in there. Don't put Wentz in there because he's not doing anything after 10 games that is changing anything. Well, no, we're John, probably going to lose the next four. Would you rather as an, as I, cause I'm not saying that none of us aren't fans or anything like that. Would you rather they magoo their way into the playoffs and get demolished in the first game? Cause we know that's what, what would happen. Or would you, so you know, you know my answer even before answering that. You know my answer while you're asking. I, I, honestly, Jesse, I don't think we even need to worry about that because I really think the Redskins, Giants, or Cowboys are going to win six, seven games. I really think one of those teams is going to win six, seven games, and we're not we, winning six games. We need a, a top five pick more than we need a, a playoff game. We're, we might win one more game this year, guys. I really think that. Like, yeah. we may have to be Washington or Dallas or whatever, but I think we're – and I, I The don't, next four I don't games we're going to lose – Five ten and one doesn't win this division. I'm telling you right now, the Cowboys are are are, are healthy. Dalton, Dalton, if Dalton even plays like half a comp, like even like he doesn't tie his shoes, quarterback, they're going to win two, three more games. Well, and Bill, the Giants get the Bengals next, who don't have a quarterback anymore. And and this Thursday it's the Redskins and Cowboys, so one of them's going to be four and seven, no matter who wins. So yeah. they're in first place come Sunday, um, no matter who wins. But one like of them. and. Like yeah, I would like tied, to see the Eagles. They, in the, up, they tied. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see the Eagles in the playoffs, but it's not going to happen. Like I've already accepted that. Like but, we're done. Bill, like, here's here's let's blank. Let, let, 
top five pick. So in a top five pick, you basically have your choice of any center, any guard, any tackle, any linebacker, any defensive end, any corner, or any safety. Yeah. Or any like, wide receiver, too. If there's any, I mean, I don't think there's anybody top five. I know that kid from LSU was a lot of hype, the chase or whatever. He was the real number one receiver last year, but he kind of yeah, fell off. But I mean, Waddle, Waddle was the Waddle was the crown jewel of that wide receiver class, and he's hurt now. So I mean, if if Howie wants to to, this is the year. Like if you, if you could get Waddle in the second, I bet you he would go D end. I bet you he would go D end or maybe and, tackle. You don't go center or guard top ten ever. Like oh, wait, wait wait till the end of the season when when you go on Spotrack. And you and you play your own GM and you start releasing all the players. Guys like Fletcher Cox might get released, might get cut. I mean, you have to. I mean, they're going to cut a ton of players, John. But the the problem is the one thing that I read about a lot of these contracts. The way, unfortunately, the way in what Bill said, the way how he loaded up these deals, some of them are uncuttable. You can't exactly like uh, for the next through twenty one and twenty two, the next following seasons, those five contracts six are pretty much un- anything. If we cut them, we're fucked. If they play here, we're fucked. So, so they Bill, better play good. He's really got <laughs> well, the top nine deals. You yeah. also forget and don't take in, you don't take in consideration if you trade a guy like Wentz or you trade a guy like Ertz, you're going to get draft picks back. Those draft you'll picks. More, you'll get more picks for Ertz than you will Wentz because of the deal. You do, John, but in, I mean, and, 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 and I guess, you know, that's basically what we have to accept that, we're, we need to enter a full rebuild if Carson's been, you know, is not the guy. And because the reality is, is you don't win with rookies in the NFL. I mean, rookies, I don't, I mean, even, even Miles Garrett as a rookie, yeah, he made some plays. Von Miller as a rookie, yeah, made some plays, but you're not dominant till your second, third, fourth year. And, you know, um, it, it's one of those things to where we're well, sure. just talking. Quarterback. No, I mean, I mean, you're I, a skill I, position I, player. I disagree. But, but what's that? If you're a skilled position player, I disagree. Yeah, I but mean, wide receivers I, I tend, to, think, tend to I, I don't think if you put CeeDee Lamb on this team or a playoff team, I mean, I don't think you can put any one player in the top 10 pick on this team and we're a playoff team. Well, he wasn't top 10 pick. One player changes his team. I mean, I'm, I'm talking top 10, top 5. No, I don't, I'll pick any player in the draft this year on the Eagles team this year, any position you want, and it doesn't make us a playoff team. Joe Burrow? All right, a quarterback. All right, any position but quarterback. Um, I mean, seriously, I mean, any running back, receiver, D end, anybody, and and there's some good ones. I mean, maybe maybe a corner or a safety, so we're not getting burned over the top anymore. But I mean, reality is, this goes back to the the the, the beaten drum. Twenty turnovers, eight and eighteen by our cornerback is <laughs> the reason yeah. we're three six and one. <laughs> but so. Bill, and the, but the flip side is we have three takeaways. No, and I mean that's the other thing. It's the turnover differential is plus seventeen the wrong way. Yeah. Like, I mean that's I mean football's won on a few stats like time of possession. You know, turnover differential. You know, special teams like yardage chart. Like you know, field goal. I mean, so many things that we're not good at, and I think we've been fooling ourselves. Like, oh, just win this game and we're there, or, or just do this, and you know, like like I do. That's one of the things that I agree with Jesse hundred percent. And uh, was that we, we we've gotten too reliant on let's buy big free agents consistently. Like it's one thing here and there. Like if you're a linebacker away and 
you always cut the position players away from signing every offseason. But I agree. We're signing big guys consistently year in and year out as if, like, we're one or two pieces every year away. And it's like, all right, well, now, like, Slay was a good deal because it's not a long-term thing. But, like, like just said, Hargrave, Malik Jackson, you know. So, so my question to you guys then, just to turn us on, on the other side of the coin is, would you ever would you have preferred in 2000 after the Super Bowl year that we didn't do anything to make our roster I don't want to say make our roster better but thank you for asking that question because I wanted to bring this up numerous times before and I'm going to tell you one move not if exemplifies the Eagles in a nutshell we had a good D-line rotation going Super Bowl year and one of the key guys we let go was Bo- Bobo we let Bobo go and signed fucking Malik Jackson for all that money, and he ain't done shit for us. And Bobo has been a solid rotational, positional rotational player for numerous teams since he left the Eagles and makes, like, league minimum money. We didn't want to pay him. And we let yeah. a guy we draft, we develop, walk out the door for paying a little bit above league minimum what he got from the Bucks. And no, what but, do we do? We go sign a guy for four times that. But, but this is my – but this is my – that's not my question. My question it's, is – we even right. draft guys that can play. We let them go. Like, right. Jones. We're at the tail. Where are the ass and draft guys that can play. And they're like, we don't want you. Like when, so we keep, I, I, I don't get our philosophy. Like I just don't mm-hmm. understand it. After the Super Bowl, for two years. Okay. We put a team out there that was built to win in the playoffs. Correct. Okay. My question is, maybe I phrased it wrong. After the Super Bowl year, rather than doing that, built signing guys, Millie Jackson, this, that, and the other thing, would you have rather sucked for two years and be good now, or were you happy with the last two years? Because no, I me, me, like I'm happy. God, I'm sorry. I'm gonna say good teams, like Jesse said, play the combination. They have enough young talent to let a couple of key guys walk. It's the Super Bowl years when they get overpaid because they got all that hype from the Super Bowl, and you got young guys waiting in the wings to take that spot. But you also have consistent quarterback play, consistent defensive play, and just just you know consistent scheme, consistent game planning. Going to where you know you're going to lose two, two, three, four, maybe five, six starters from your championship team, but you got two or three rookies that you think can make the play, and then you sign two or three guys, and there you go. You don't, you know what I mean? And that's what we don't do. We so look at but look at our team though. Place guys, and then we got to overpay them, and then we get fucked because they get hurt because they're old. Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, guys that we think we have to rely on because we don't have anybody in the waiting in the wing to take that spot, and now we're fucked. It, you know what I mean? Like you, and, and, I, I keep and, trying and to bring up the idea of moves like that. It's not like his fault for trying to keep the team good. I'll never fault him. I, I know he wants to win. But it's either player development or the players we're picking because, you know, we shit on Howie for players not being good. But like Jesse said, we got four, Ronald Darby playing playing really solid this year. We didn't want to pay Darby. Oh, too injury prone. Too injury prone. We, a guy we had in-house for three years, traded for. We knew what he can do. Helped us, helped us in 17 pretty good, I thought. You know, he got hurt, but then he came back, played pretty big in the playoffs. Eh, but we let him walk to a division opponent. You know, Russell Douglas, we nurtured this kid for four fucking years. We don't want to pay him league minimum to stick around. Now he's, he's locked balling. down guys. He's, he's locking now. He locked down Mike Evans in the Carolina game for like three quarters. I think my whole. I think my point of that. It's like we have glaring needs, 
but yet players that we have are now playing well in other teams. I mean, we're as educated fans. It's like, wait a minute. If Nelson Aguilar. Look at Nelson Aguilar. I mean, if they're good, but they weren't good here. Is it their fault that they weren't good? No. Yeah. It must be something in the water here or they're not being developed. Right. Or you put the right, right scheme. I don't know. So but Bill's it's, definitely on the coaching side of the fence. Yeah. I, it, it, it's hard not to the fact that, these guys are paid to win, and when they don't win and they lose the game the same way, whether it's having the balls to bench Carson for a half, and he probably knows that'll make Carson hate him for life, so he's afraid to do it. But guess what, Doug? Maybe maybe that's kind of to shock the system Carson needs to realize he's not untouchable because the kid thinks he can do whatever the fuck he wants and ain't going to, you know, what are you going to do, bench me? I make $59 million this year. I ain't fucking benching shit. Oh, yeah, Carson, this is my team. You're playing like shit. Jalen, go throw three picks. I don't care. Let Carson see what he's doing, you know, like, I don't know. But but all I know is that we're three, six, and one, and we've lost to three really bad teams in the last five weeks. And I think we need to start realizing that we're not a good team. And it's not fair to call the Browns and the Giants bad teams when we're worse than them in all reality. And, you, and, and I can shit on Carson for all I want, but – when 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 we scored a touchdown in the Browns game, our defense let them march right down the fucking field again and score on us. They like like they did in the Giants game when we finally got a little hype on that Boston Scott pop big fifty-six yard run. What do we do? Big pass, big pass, run, run, touchdown in like two minutes. And that's where I this defense is I'm I'm fucking up to here with Jim Schwartz and this fucking two hundred million dollar offensive line, defensive line. Our, our Dollar General linebackers who are playing their hearts out, but just are like undermanned and just doing what they can. And we have a secondary, like Jesse said, that's one guy that knows how to play assignments and lock guys down. The other guys are just, I mean, I, that one play in the Giants game was like third and seven um, when we were down at field goal. And LeBlanc jumped like five seconds before the ball was even going to get to the receiver. And they're like, just, he just missed it. So it's like, what the fuck are you guys? Like, how are you guys coach? Like, to be off by that much on a ball when you're literally paid millions of dollars to, to not do that. Like, and that's where I think it goes into coaching. It's like these guys are paid a lot of money, like a lot of money to be ready on Sunday to make the right play. And when they don't, it's either coaches putting being wrong or players not being good. But then why are you putting players on the field who aren't good or you're not coaching them up properly? So I, I don't use coaches as scapegoats. But when you see the same thing week in and week out, and I know you can't just cut guys every week. It's football. You got to ride it. I don't know, man. It's just. Well, and it's not like we play the same team every week. And no. we're playing different teams every week. And we're seeing the same slop, the same consistent mistakes and, and errors. And, you know, there's no week energy. Yeah. There's no energy. I, I really do question Carson's leadership. Like, I never see any fire when he makes a bad play or a good play. Like fuck you, you know, heck yeah, like high five and yeah, stuff. I see a lot of I see a lot of hanging heads. I see a lot of hanging heads. He puts his head down, and the body language is so piss poor. If I was a teammate, it would be like, what the fuck, dude? I'd rather see Carson go over and chew his wide receiver out for not running the right route than or at least like go talk head. to him, be like, hey, dude, what's yeah. going on? He walks to the sideline. He makes that grabs, face. He like grabs his stupid, like, grabs his stupid he makes surface. That stupid face where he like and, squints and well, goes like, I don't know. Well, doesn't uh, that the ball, he didn't catch it? Yeah, good observation. Great observation. Doesn't that go back to the the uh, article about Carson Wentz and how he isn't a leader? Yeah, I I mean it's hard to dispute that when you just watch him. I mean, again, some shit's just an eye test that 
you know, I know Aaron Rodgers is a little aloof with sometimes, and hey that's there. Aaron Rodgers. When you know? you're an army of one, there's no one to lead, right? And and <laughs> and, and and that's pretty much. I think he, you know, it's. I don't, I don't. I don't think he's like a bad dude by any means, but no. I don't know. I I don't get that he's like that on the field general. That's like, you know, I, I, know kind of, I lead by my play on the field. I get that. Great. That's great. After but, after watching, listening to him in his press conference about benching and. You know, I haven't talked to Doug about that, and you know, I'm I'm just gonna be confident and you know practice like I've been practicing. Blah blah. blah. I get the idea now that he's just a pompous prick. Yeah. I oh think no, so. totally. And and like that's I, what I, 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 got, I, mean, I heard about that when he was a rookie. That and that he came in and he was he had coachable issues because he was changing plays in practice and you know kind of. Was, you know, was questioning play calls even in year one in the huddle and stuff with coaching and, you know, really kind of stepped. And again, I mean, you only hear about things. It's whatever. It's articles. So, you know, what's true. But I mean, you can see it the way he plays. It's like he knows. I mean, I don't know any, any other quarterback that could literally be in the bottom three of quarterbacks in the NFL passing for accuracy for the last three years and just be like, whatever, I got to raise this year, and which he did. Got a fucking raise. He got a raise for going down his play since seventeen, and the, and honestly, like that's really what surprises me a little bit with your take on Howie, John, is mm-hmm. that Howie could be so blindsided to this guy's deficiencies after having him in the building for that long, and literally relying on seventeen when so many quarterbacks, Mike Vick, uh, Nick Foles. Have had one year runs at this organization where statistically they were just anomalies to where he fell in love with that 17 Carson so much that he ignored the 17 and 18 play of Carson and paid him that money. Like, if he didn't win the Super Bowl in 17, he should have been fired weeks ago, like months ago. Because Can I ask you a question now? Yeah. Does Andrew Luck walking away from his contract make Chris Ballard look like an idiot? Um, I don't know. I, I guess, I mean, it, 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 it's because, hard to say. Right. And I, I think that's, that might be a, a little bit of a lofty comparison, but I don't think you can pin, I don't think you, you can pin bad play, the downslide of his bad play to how he's like, how he had him in the building. And you're saying how he should have seen how he should have been the mind reader that we pay him to be to evaluate talent and know that this guy is going to be going on the upward tra- trajectory. Yes, I don't I tell you why, John, because for three of his first four years, he didn't finish the season before how he paid him. All right. Mm-hmm. And he had injury issues. He's at every issue he had did not get better. Even his best well, year, every his best year, he was 12th in that piercing accuracy. And, and 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 sub sixty percent passing completion. So even his best year in the league, he was sub quarterback standards from what you from what you want from a starting franchise mm-hmm. quarterback. Sure. So not yeah. only did he ignore but, all those things, he knew can you, because he traded away the farm to get him that he had a he had to make yep. sure he yep. was the guy and give him every advantage because we gave away two first round picks and a second round pick that draft. That's what it is, Bill. Part. That's and what that's it is. Why how he did whatever he had to do to make Carson be the guy. And Carson is infallible. And Carson ate that shit up probably in the building, as he should. I mean, when the GM like that has your back, you should walk around like, 
you ain't gonna do shit to me. I got the GM on my side. And that's where I wish Howie had the balls to be like, all right, I did all this. I don't need to pay him yet. If he crushes it year four and I got to pay him going into that fifth year and it costs me extra money, so be it. But why am I going to pay a guy that hasn't finished the season except for his rookie year some $120 million? What has he really earned for this team? This, no sounds, like, uh, this sounds like 30 episodes ago when we had the conversation in your basement and ever and and you know I, I know Jesse I pinpointed him was like why wouldn't you pay this guy like blah 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 and I'm like you know great and all but like you need to have insurance you need a backup just in case and this is the exact reason I know why they couldn't I know why they weren't going to do it with Foles and I get it and I understand it and you know being a GM you know have a set you would really need a big set of balls to fucking get rid of Carson Wentz at that point and just ride with Nick Foles but man. If you were able to just go year to year with him and say, you know what, prove it to me, I think I think the story would have been written a little bit differently. Or at least that's even. I mean, it, after Jesse wanted to go, but, but it's no, just, like you, I mean, you were hammering him on certain things and certain things you're right about. But like 2017, he only had a 60 percent completion percentage, but his interception percentage was 1.6, and he no, threw he touchdowns, and not not a lot of interceptions. He played very well. But he, and even is very well. Was it? 2018, he played better. Statistically, he played better in 2018. He almost had a 70% completion percentage. Well, he and was 26 in the league, so I don't know how that could be in 18. In 2018, his completion percentage went up from 2017. It almost went up 10 points. He went from 60.2 to 69.6. And then that year, his interception percentage went up a little bit from 1.6 to 1.7. Like he had a good year. He had a good year going 2018 till his back got broken. So Matt, like, where are you on all this? You can thank Zach. <laughs> you can thank Zach Ertz for catching all those balls over that were over his head and behind yeah. him. To, to like what John was getting to earlier, what was trying to get to was, you know, 2018, you can't really fault. You can fault some of you can fault the Alshon contract. You can fault the the Malik contract. Like those, you can fault as bad contracts. But that was a good team that probably they were going to run it back. They're going to run it back, and they they tried. And you know if if Alshon you know shows up a little bit in that that Saints game, and and Brandon Brooks doesn't get hurt, they probably win that game, and they might win another Super Bowl. Like. Foles had didn't have a good game, but you you can only put some of that on him because once Brooks got hurt, the you know the the Saints were just coming through that gap and just yeah it just fall apart. And so 2018, you know they they tried to run it back. They had a pretty good thing going. They I mean again, if Brooks doesn't get hurt, they beat the Saints. Even with Brooks getting hurt, if Alshon mans up and catches that ball, they oh they win the game. What a gaping pile of pig shit that guy um, is. But the the, <laughs> the 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 problem though is you look at it, it's, a, it's a chicken and the egg thing. You know, you look at the, the deals that Howie made to try to prop that window open and keep the window open. And in the moment you're fine with it. And even in hindsight, you're fine yeah. with it. But the but the problem is what you needed was those 2018 draft picks to come through. The those 2019 draft picks to come through. At least two or three. 
And so again, our 2019 draft class, once they cut our Sega white side in the end, at the end of the year, which they're probably going to do, because if they don't, they're not going to be able to draft guys this year. So when they cut him, their 2019 class, 60% of that class will be out of the NFL. That's inexcusable for, for that to happen. And the 2018 draft class, you have Dallas Goddard, who's a, de- who's a good player. I mean, he's not great. Matt Pryor is a backup. Josh Sweat's a, ro- a rotational D-end. And Mailata has, has been a guy that hopefully can be the starter if Dillard can't go. But 2018-2019 is just not good enough. Then you get to 2020, we had a ton of picks. Only one of them starting. The rest of the guys are barely playing on special teams. So it's it's like, okay, he, he, won, a, he won a Super Bowl. Great. Cool. But like at some point, you need to you need to build on it. You can't because if you don't, you're a fucking one hit wonder. I, I just I you're, I just, you're Smash Mouth. How Rob Roseman is Smash Mouth. Nah, even just, Smash Mouth had more than one hit. But <laughs> you're an all star. Like, get your game on. You're an all star. We got two of them and listen. Like that's that's the thing. Like if you know if he starts to to make some better signings and and better draft picks he can probably um he he can probably turn this thing around but he he has to start like this team for three years i'm so glad i i'm so glad i set this episode up with the question of what side of the fence you guys are on because you guys have clearly stated what side of the fence you're on but you've also you've also proven that the, uh, the the side of the fence that you're not on is just as at fault as the one that you're you know that you're blaming. It's just I mean, it's, it's we're, we're all it, we're, it. I'm 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 just sitting back and I'm just hearing every you guys the three you guys it's react total failure. I feel like it's a total it's just, failure at every level. It is. Like it's just a total I, team. I, we're beating and, and ourselves. We're beating ourselves on the field. We're beating ourselves off the field with not developing talent. With 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 not um, displaying loyalty in into Bill's point, the you know we develop guys that you know that that give that prove to be loyal to to the team to the system, and then we just we let them go. There's no rhyme or reason to it, and they go off and excel in other in other programs and other systems with other coaches. So it's like, what does that what does that tell you to to, to guys that remain in the locker room? Like what what does that what what examples are we setting there? You know, it's just there's just so many question marks that that of of how the way that this team has been operating since the Super Bowl. I mean, even before the Super Bowl. I mean, a lot of these is just the same stuff, same things that that we talk about time and time again. It's just I feel like talent development and talent management has always been a major issue for this team, even before the Super Bowl. Um, you know, to me, you know, I don't think we win the Super Bowl if we didn't go out and get big free agents, you know, before that year. I think we, we really were, that was one, that was one year where, you know, that was the excuse where I think we were one or two pieces away from winning a Super Bowl. And when Alshon Jeffrey, when we signed him, you know, I, I, I hated the signing and I hated that he was so, I thought it was so 
ignorant of him to guarantee a Super Bowl win that year, but he went out and he proved everything wrong, and we all ate our humble pie as we sipped champagne. But it's like, what has he done since then? You know, I mean, and I feel like we've we've been holding on to the wrong guys, thinking that we can run it back. You know, NFL, not for long. And I'm sorry, like Jason Peters, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, they're just not, they're just, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta learn when to cut bait. And I feel like there's other teams around the league that know when to cut that bait. And we just, you know, we hold on to the guy, to the wrong guys for the wrong reasons for, for too long. And then we let other guys go that, you know, we could have a lot of value that could, that could have a lot of value to us. And if there's just no rhyme or reason to it, you know, here's a, here's a question. We're not going to be good next year. We probably aren't. We're going to be in cap hell. We're, do you trade Miles Sanders? He's at the top of his value. He's still on a, on a rookie deal. Do you trade Miles Sanders? Yeah, you might be able to get a first for him. No. I feel like, I feel like with, the, with, the cap, with the cap situation being terrible, um, to me, if I were GM, I th- everyone's on the trading block. I don't care. Like, I mean, what are you going to get me back for Miles Sanders? I want to hear all yeah, of I mean, this. Thing, I don't know. God trade for running you're, backs. You're I mean. not going to get anything for him. You might get a first or second for him. You are absolutely not going to get a first round pick for Miles Sanders. He was a second round pick. Why would you get? Why would you get a first round pick for him? Because he's average. He's the second highest lead. He's the second leading rusher in yards per attempt. Great. I, I just I don't see that. I don't, I mean, I know, I don't know if a guy who's like drafted in round three. Is I mean I guess maybe if you could say like Brady or you would maybe get maybe like a third or a fourth like we did with Jordan and Howard because Jordan right. Howard led the league. Right. And then what do you Antonio, get? And then, if it was Antonio Brown, Brown right. not Antonio Brown. Like, but what do you get? Like, this is where I start to argue again about with Harry Roseman is you you can see your young core. Your young core is now going to be Miles Sanders. But we're if, saying how do you pay these guys? We're saying John, if you can't afford to pay them, like. I guess you. Well, gotta- you're going to afford to pay him because because you're going to cut a ton of guys, and that's what I'm trying to explain to you guys is, yeah, this was this was the final year until t- next year when you literally have to cut a ton of people. But you never like it's going to be naked. It's going to be a naked roster. But here's and you're going to have another draft where you're drafting nine guys, and to your point, Jesse, maybe four of those guys have to have to be really good. But and that's how we're going to have to build, and then. For some of those guys, we're gonna we're gonna like sign some free agents that are gonna be a little bit more money, but fit fit real nice in the pieces in the puzzle. But the 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 problem with signing a running back to that second contract is, I I feel like you have better luck drafting another running back in the second round and getting production out of him than yeah. you do getting the same production out of Miles Sanders. In contract number two, with like more than half his tread off of his tires. Well, Let's I mean, remember too, he's not like an Iron Man. He's hurt a lot. So, well, and, that's and a whole other bag of worms that we can discuss on other podcasts is that this team has been hit with a shit ton of inju- injuries, and and that and is and that is, is a that? huge X factor. And why in, is that? In this. I have no idea. They have keep no idea. firing all of the medical staffs like every year. I don't know. Is it the medical staff's fault that uh, Andre Dillard's bicep tore? Like, I don't think so. 
No, no, no. But it's 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 and like if they didn't fire the medical staff and get to all new people it this season, maybe you could say like maybe they should look at that because guys keep getting hurt and, and can't get back. It, it's yeah, not the medical staff. That, like poor. the medical staff is there to tell you what you should be doing to prepare for games and to help them. It's up to the player yeah. to wanna to wanna have to wanna be prepared. Well, and, right. and to but guys like Zach Ertz, to guys like Dallas Goddard who get tackled or or break their ankles again. Well, like, no, well, I'm not talking that's about not that. That's not on. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about these nagging, recurring issues that we have with a lot of our players. Well, and to 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 what Matt just said, something interesting. It's like it's on the players. It and is. I and well, no, and that's an interesting point because you know every week this team comes out flat. And they start slow, and they fall behind. But on top of that, they take stupid pre-snap penalties. Like, every game, you can count on them to have four or five false starts, offsides, illegal formations. Like, you can count on it. It's as consistent as can be. On a, on a punt return, you've got dumbass Greg Ward back there like, duh, I guess I should catch that ball, as it goes over his fucking head. And the reason that... The, the, that whole play with the safety started was because dumb, dumb Greg Ward was just like, oh, I'm, I don't feel like down in that. And misjudges another punt that the team can, can kill at the, at the goal line. Like every week, this idiot does that. So it's like, at what point, what is going on that every week these players are unprepared, they're taking dumb penalties, they're not taking care of themselves, they're not getting, they're not staying healthy. Like at some point, it, it, at some point, you have to start looking at the entire thing because it's rotten from the head to it's the top. It's all out of whack. It's out it, of whack. It's it's, a, it's, it's out rotten of everywhere. And you know what? Maybe this is what this team needed. Maybe this is what Doug needed, and how he needed, and Carson needed, and everybody needed. Because after the after that Super Bowl. You know, Doug wrote a book on how, you know, how smart he is and how he had his whole thing. And they, those guys were walking around like King Cock, just like, I'm the fucking greatest thing on earth. New norm. We're the new norm. We're the, new, you know, all of this shit, talking their shit. And, and, and what's it, what's it gotten them? The only, you know, yeah, they've won some, they've won their division. Great. Yeah. yeah. A Alabama division. could roll up. If if the Alabama Crimson Tide played in the NFC East, they'd be the champ every year. Like, oh my God. just stop end the podcast, please. I have to. I'm not going to get. I agree. I'm with not going to end the podcast. I'm not getting into this. Roll Tide, John. We're, we're we are thankful for the Tide. We thank are grateful. You, Somebody that actually watched for our Crimson football. for our Crimson Tide. That is a team that is coached and are a bunch of killers. Uh-huh. And they would. I think this is the appropriate time to then. Now just pivot and pepper in um, something that Sixers. we can be thankful and grateful for is some potential uh, uh, draft talent that uh, the Philadelphia 76ers just uh, just picked the other week. Um, I, th- I think uh, Maxi looks like he could be he could be the real deal. I mean, maybe not right out of the gate. I mean, John, you're saying throw him in the starting lineup already. I don't know if he's that yet, but all right, well. We'll I don't see. know why you picked him then. Fuck we'll it. See. I don't know who your point guard is. No, ben Simmons? Point guard is Ben Simmons still. Still Ben. Right. Right. Okay. Still but Ben Max, Simmons. 
But look, hey, Maxie's a shooter, right? It's a wildcat. Uh, Seth, Seth, Seth Curry. Seth Curry's a combo guard. That's what I like about Maxie. He's, I'm saying this now. Maxie has a lot of uh, Donovan Mitchell, Dwayne Wade in his game to where his same knock coming out of college. He's 6'3", 6'4", uh, combo guard, same size as Wade. Donovan Mitchell, they all say, oh, he's, a, he's not super athletic, but he's crafty. He can get it to the rim. He just is tenacious. When you watch his game, he, just, like, he creates his own shot when he wants to. Long arms, plays defense like he's hard on defense, like always guards the best wing player on the court. Like him and Thibault together on the court. You put him, Thibault, Simmons, Joel, and God, dipshit Toby. Just get out of the way, Toby. Those yeah. four can literally lock down because that's what Doc was saying. Like people, you know, we, I saw a thing, I forget whatever uh, article, they were like, you know, it's, I was obviously excited to play with, you know, Coach Joel and Ben and whatnot, but he's like, my goal for this team is just literally to be the best defensive team in the NBA. Like, this team's going to be winning games 93 to 90. Like, we're going to be locking teams down. I think we're going to – I think he's going to focus on Joel getting in the paint to be more of a defensive rebounding force. I think we let way too many rebounds on on, on the defensive end last year. Our second and third chance points were so fucking like I know we had to be in the bottom five in the league, which is huge. And I think like that's where coaching comes in is like you got to button that shit up. And it's like we were too worried about fast breaking, which is important with our game, but it don't matter. If you can't fast break if you don't have the ball. It's that. So I also think that we let too many offensive rebound opportunities because yeah, Joel Embiid camping out of the three point line all that's the time. I, too, I think. Too. I think with with the shooting we have now. With 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 Curry Green, Max, he's a shot creator. Yeah, um, you know uh, I, Isaiah I think, Joe, Isaiah, Isaiah Joe. Joe, Jake. You know we have Thibels with us uh, can stretch. I think with proper wing spacing, it lets yeah. Joel and Ben and Toby kind of roam the paint a little bit. And I think we're gonna have true guards on the wings that force our big men to be down low. Like yeah, just, I, there's no room for Joel at the three-point line. I if think you got we're going to see – I think we're going to get back to – and it's exciting, and it's, <laughs> it has been a long time since we've seen this, but remember the lineup we had? I think it was even pre-J.J. Redick when we had um, uh, Bellinelli and um, – who Ursan. was the other – Ursan. Ursan. Those dudes – they, they at the very least created spacing to where we had good ball movement spacing, and it and it gave it gave plenty of opportunities for Joel Embiid to be big. You need you guys know? that are able to hit shots because guys who can hit shots you got to defend. So when you got guys like Mike Scott who I like, but guys like him, I don't, I don't, you know, I like Mike Scott. Well, you so you know, I I mean his game, but like. When you don't have guys that can consistently hit shots, like I like Alec Burks, I I I think we might. I don't know if we keep him or not. Well, I think we underutilized him. I but think I think when you got guys struggling to find his role, you know, that you, you know who can hit shots, you know, consistently, you got to guard them. And that's what we have. We have guys that can hit threes now, and it's just literally going to, you know, if you double team Joel, that's fine. Move the ball the right way, and somebody's going to be open for a three, and that's what we're going to be predicated on. And if you don't the double team Joel, go to work, big man, and eat. Like that's what that's where finally we're gonna have an offense like Joel's needed. If you we get still double need team, double team, yeah. find the open man, no double team, go to the rack card and dunk it, lay up, or, or get, get fouled. fouled. Or get One fouled. Like did they, they, they 
Joel, I, everybody says the same thing. He cannot be guarded. He could be like Shaq in this NBA. Only guy that can guard him. Imagine Shaq. So, imagine Shaq that can actually hit free throws. That's what Joel. Only guy, guard, only guy that can guard Joel one on one is Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert can straight up fucking get in Joel's grill and D yep. him up. Yeah. But barring Rudy Gobert, which we only have to play two times a year, the other yep. seventy games, Joel needs to go to work, bring his lunch pail, and I think Doc's gonna that raspy voice is gonna be fucking get your fat ass under the post, slow it down on offense. And you know, run it, run actually a half court set. Don't just be like swing it around, swing it. Shut the fuck up, Brett. Call a play. Jesus Christ! Like these so, guys are kids. They, so, they, they, the, so the so it could be J- JoJo, Ben, Toby, Maxi, and Curry starting five. I think that, I think it's gonna be that. I think it could be Green to start if Maxi's yeah. not ready. If that, yeah. But I think but, Max, if, but if we could Max, get it to where Maxi's starting and Green comes off the bench, I mean that there's there's some depth already on the bench. I just I would like to see a little bit more depth. Um, I think they start Danny Green because he's a veteran guy and he's new. But I think after a month or two, Maxi becomes the guy. Yeah. But I I would think unless Maxi crushes it out of the gate, which he could, I think Danny Green's the kind of guy you want to give the respect, let him start a little bit, get used to the team, and then if Maxi's ready. Then you kind of pull Danny to the side yeah, and like, yeah. So, so I was hoping, I was hoping by the time we podcasted this episode, that we had enough assets to where it was clear that Danny Green was coming off the bench, um, and, and we just haven't acquired any 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 additional pieces that makes it clear cut. That no, way, I mean, you, know? you know. I mean, we still have, you know, I mean, we still have a good bench with, you know, I think Thibault is going to be our sixth man, but I'm now I'm seeing too, it's. Uh, the, you know, you're hearing a little bit of buzz that the Sixers are going to pull the trigger for Lou Williams because he's on the last year of his deal. And apparently, apparently, Clippers want a clean house with everybody except for Paul George and Hawaii. They want everybody gone. They want a fresh atmosphere. So Lou Williams is out there to be had too. But I think with Shake, they're kind of the same player, and with Maxi, he's kind of that kind of player too. Like, so I don't know if it makes sense to get him, but you know, I think. Uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how, how Ben and Joel and, and, and Toby, too. I think Toby has another notch to his game. Not elite-level player. But no, I but I think he might be good. he very might good. settle into the role that that he needed to be in the whole time. He could be like know, a Horace Grant. Lineup he could be like a Horace Grant to, to Ben and Joel. Again, Toby needed space. He needed space and pace. I mean, I, he, he, needs, he needs some guys that are cutting – Cutting underneath the basket or across or across the basket to set a pick for him that he can roll off of and get that space because he's not a he's not a shot creator. He he's terrible creating his own shot. He he needs to be coming off of a screen um, or a switch, a ba- you know, or something to where he, that space is created for him. He can create his own shot in the right if he's moving towards the rim. He can't or like, he's back like, someone down in a he mismatch. Can, yeah, he can back but. somebody down if he needs to, or like if he's in a motion, he gets the ball kind of like slash into the rim, he'll get a little drive. But you can't give him the ball in a half court ISO and be like, get a shot off. It's like it's gonna be a bad shot. It'll be like some fucking yeah. dumb fadeaway or something. Yep. But I think I but I mean he had his best year. He played for a year and a half under Doc, and that was the only year he averaged twenty points in the league. I mean, hey, man, who would have thought 30 episodes ago we would have been talking about, 
you know, seeing the Sixers going in, in, in a positive direction and the Eagles, you know, in the state that they are in right now. We're literally franchises that were opposite. Like we thought the Eagles were ready to win the division and make a run and get, you know, Deshaun and out like we were getting healthy. And then the Sixers were like doom and gloom, but literally you're right within two weeks getting any, and what happens? We have a competent front office, identify the holes, address them and aggressively pursue them. And now, now that that said, how we do the same. He did it once in 17. All right, he did it once. I'll give you the. I, yeah, I, I, I'm with John in the sense. I'll give you one more chance to, to build the yeah. team. I'm not on the fire Howie Doug situation. Me neither. Definitely yeah. his last chance. Me neither. I think it's. I think you're right, Bill. I think it's. He built it up. He should get a chance to. He built it up, it. and 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 he He's built it up. It. He built it up, and he and he and he delivered. Mm-hmm. So now he, he, he earned contracts and a chance yeah. to get us out of it. You, he yeah, earned you, the, he earned the chance to fix it. And, and he, yeah. And just to, real quick, just remember, we always forget like where we were with Sam Bradford and all. And, and thank God, Teddy Bridgewater, not yep. thank God, but Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt and the power moves that he moved with, you know, trading uh, Kiko Alonso and then, you know, shady and like, like all that stuff. Like, to, to rebuild what he did in, in, in two years. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Yep. I don't, I don't know if many games can do that. That means how the league is. It's if you, and, and the one constant was, is if you have steady quarterback play, you know, it's easy to fix some holes quick. That's yeah. the one constant competent, steady quarterback play allows for so many holes to be overlooked mm-hmm. or just kind of patched to yep. get by. Like, cause that's the thing too. And not to go back to the Eagles, but, 2017, we had a couple games when we played the bad teams. The 49ers were really bad that year. The Lions were bad. But go through. A lot of three, six, seven-point wins that year. I mean, we weren't smoking teams week in and week out. No, there was a 61-yard field goal. Yeah, like we blew a 17-point lead in that game. We were up big, and then they tied it. And, I mean, again, you know, but, again, it just showed that we – it was that Alshon play where – the clock didn't really start at home, and we got the one play in with Alshon. So, I mean, you know, that yeah. was like, you know, that's the one thing about 17, I will say. It wasn't like we were like, yeah, we had a good record, but whew, we had some nail biters. But that's football, though. I mean. That's it's, football. It's normally, it's nine times out of ten, it's boiled down to like three, four, three, four like plays every, every game. Drive. It's why it's so great because it's like early on you can make mistakes, but like that fourth quarter it just takes that one big play or – or that one turnover. Like, literally, I mean, and I'll, we, we could edit on this. The Browns game, we had two turnovers inside the five-yard line. If those two were field goals, we win the game, maybe. Win the game. Even if we get field goals out of those. Yeah. Yeah, 23-22, we win. You know? it's So, it's like, for the hit as we played, it's like, we were still one, you know, we were there. We just fucking beefed it again. Yep. You know, so it's just that that's why this is so maddening. It's like it'd be one thing if we're losing 43 to seven. It's like, fuck, man, we're, we, you know, we got no, we're finding new ways to lose games every week. We're it's beating like, ourselves. If I we mean, can just well, if we could just get out of our own way, we would we can, probably like, win know, some I of agree. these games. I agree. It's like Carson <laughs> makes so many good plays. He'll make like and that's what's crazy. He makes three or four or five plays a game. That's still like, wow. And then it's just like, oh, God, he makes just. So the uh, dumb, I don't know. It's just like at the team or like Miles. I love Miles. Like he fucking fumbles inside the. Come on, Miles. Like 
I get it. You kind of whatever, but this is the goal line, man. Like you don't ever fumble the ball inside the five as a running back. Like it's like the worst fucking thing you can do. Well, like, and, and and not just that, the you look at that game, and then there's that mate the the Baker Mayfield play. Oh my god, that's right. We just lost the Baker Mayfield. <laughs> that, that fucking guy, no shit. Like that's when you know when we when I when they went up the second score, I knew we were going to lose. Dude, that's exactly what I fucking thought. I'm like, we just lost to Baker fucking Baker, Mayfield. Me, guy's seven and three now, and it's like seriously, like he wins on played by other people other than him. <laughs> but he, you know, but in the NFL, you are what your records are. I mean, I mean that's what you are in the NFL. Steelers ten and zero. They look like one of the most fugazi ten and zero teams ever. But they're they are who we thought they were, right, Bill? <laughs> yeah, they are who that. That's what it is. And that's why the Eagles are so baffling. It's like, man, I, I can't believe Carson literally has single-digit interceptions the last three years, and then he has fucking 14 and 10. It's just like, it's just 2020, man, sucks. Yep. Except for the Sixers. Go Sixers! Hey, you know what? And with that said, Bill, you know, you, you just swing it right back to the Sixers real quick to close it out. It's like, you know... It seems like they're, you know, in two weeks they've gotten things back on track. But guess what? They still have to go go play the team that they're that that that's put in front of them. Good, bad, or 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 whatever. You got to you got to prove it on the court, and you gotta got to go out players. and win games. You got KD and, you got until KD these guys win. Away. Until until they win. Until they show us that they can win consistently. I mean, it's just it's all just a bunch of hype right now. So. You know, are they making the right decisions? Does it look like they're putting all the pieces together that to 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 ultimately do that and win basketball games and be a contender again? Yep, but until they actually do it, man, I mean, it's just what is it? It's just it's just something for us to talk about. So, and for that, that is what I'm grateful for and thankful for. I'm thankful for this podcast and I'm thankful for you you guys, my friends. Um, being able to do this uh, now, um, you know, uh, especially, uh, you know, even with a pandemic going on and things being as shitty as it is, you know, it could always be worse. Right. So I'm um, just thankful to have, you know, this time with you guys and just, you know, call each other assholes and disagree and argue. And at the end of the day, it's it's all for, you know, it's all for shits and giggles. So I'm thankful and grateful for 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 fit podcast and um you know here's to i can't wait for you know episode 62 and i hope it's uh i hope it's just as good and maybe not as long as this one it's almost fucking two hours <laughs> who's gonna listen to this shit <laughs> <laughs> tj tj will it's okay Je- jesse ate up uh 28 minutes of the the in, in the beginning so it's he did all a good, good job he did a good he job. did a great job he did a great job but, we'll get them um, there. We'll get them there. We'll we'll have a drop off after the rant, but it's all good, man. But everyone have a happy and healthy one, and uh, <laughs> eat a lot of turkey, drink some beers. And Jesse, I know it's getting more and more painful every every week to muster up a good a good one, but take it away, brother. Go birds. <laughs>